ladies and gents, boys and girls. Mm, 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 mm. We got an action-packed show today. And on this show, we wear zip-up sweaters because when you're finally making money off this, this podcast, you know, <clears throat> you can wear, you can do things like that with a zip-up sweater. <laughs> you know? Nah, hey, look, look. You know this man got money because he got a plant. Everybody take a look at this man plant. You know, when you start buying plants, you got a little spare change. It's cool. It's cool. You know, you know, you know, we start getting a little money coming in, you know, everything look good. But, you know, nah, I'm just playing, man. We ain't getting no money over here, man. You know, we just wear zip up sweaters just because, you know. But welcome back to the Basement Friday podcast, the best podcast in the land. Streaming everywhere, all the time, on the air. We taking over your airways. We come on at the first take, at the sports center. At the sports center, go off the basement Friday. Come on. The networks need to just go ahead give us give us the time slot. Whether it's forty five minutes, an hour, don't even matter. We'll take Fox Five, the cooking channel. Disney, Disney, take Disney, bro. They they want to say y'all need to put some food in y'all podcast. Y'all on a cooking channel. We'll even take sci-fi. Turn Wait, around. Bro. Today's episode is about omelets. I'm just saying. <laughs> Got me the quota. Y'all don't know, man. It be next thing y'all know. It be the basement Friday brought sponsored by the, the National Geographic Channel. <laughs> we in here. <laughs> Hey man, nature's scary, man. But look, <laughs> we're gonna do green screens. How about that? Uh, I'm with it. We green screening well, it out. Hey, whoever who, whoever wants to sign the base on Friday, we're open to we're open to negotiation to discussions. Yeah, y'all ain't y'all ain't putting me in there, no dangerous animals, you know. I'm, I'm going to just put it like that, you know, people want to live, you know, but <laughs> it's your boy Aaron from the study back again with another episode of Basement Friday. Make sure you check us out on all streaming services and shout out to Spotify, shout out to Apple Podcasts, shout out to the streaming services that don't get a, not a lot of love, right? Shout out to every single one of you and all the people watching all over the world, as we said earlier in a couple episodes all the countries we can list them all but we don't have favorites so we just say all of you guys and we want to get to our favorite part of the show five minute rant mm. five minute rant damn what's happening what is happening honestly I'm just having honestly. I've been I've been kind of just um, thinking about Thanksgiving a lot. <laughs> you know, Thanksgiving is around the corner. You know, we gotta get that good food, that good plate. So that's what I kind of been thinking about recently, man. But as far as like just getting through the week and stuff like that, it's the end of the week. There's been another cool work week. Everything's cool. Everything's groovy, man. Everything's moving the way it is. So. I ain't really got too much going on, man. I, like my week has been pretty solid for the most part, though. 
All right. So for my five minute rant, not even a five minute rant, probably like a 50 second rant. All right. So I've been growing the garlic since March and finally time to harvest. You know, your boy did it. You know, I'm out here a farmer, you know, green thumb, you know. Uh, I don't know what else terminology I got. Farmer Dale, I guess. Old McDonald, you know. So if, if you want some garlic, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while, but I got you. <laughs> I'm at Farmer City out here. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, the cows and the, the wheat. The little tumbleweed. Damn, my man, Farmer City he out here, boy. He dangerous. <laughs> Next you know, he got a whole store line in that joke. Garlic, garlic sauce. Farmer City's. Garlic <laughs> sauce. <laughs> Available everywhere. I should sell it at Home Foods, though. They, they, they make a good profit. I'm trying to tell you, his first stop, bro. He hitting every low, every local family dollar general there is out there. Yeah. Going to the black, going to the black pole community first. Yeah, like garlic. Go have everybody. Go have everybody, auntie, and they go just go give me some of that pharmaceutical. <laughs> Come back to my pharmaceutical. Hey, as long as y'all don't fight over it, like y'all did. That chicken sandwich from Popeye's was that two years ago? Boom. I want y'all to be able to enjoy this and alive while you do it. I just put it like that. They they more concerned with the hottie sauce. <laughs> I keep saying that commercial, that commercial cracks me up every time I see it. They more concerned with that hottie sauce. Now, a quick question though, before we start the program here. Out of curiosity, just a random number. If you were to sell pharmaceutical garlic sauce in the stores, what would the price range be? All right. So I'm thinking a price range if it's, uh, I would say if it's like a low amount, I would say a good price range would be about $6.99. Mm. And that, that and that friend and that my friends is why Aaron has money. Six dollars <laughs> This man is out his mind. I thought he was gonna say two ninety nine, three nine. This man says we paying almost seven dollars. Start the show. This I know he rich. He says six ninety nine. I say about six ninety nine for about six ounces. Y'all know I'm about to pull the black, most black people thing. Is it a family and friend discount? <laughs> I mean, it depends on how much garlic you can. I mean, what I could do, you know, if it's a family and friends discount, maybe not, but might start a ambassador's program so you can get some percentage off while you're telling people it's a win-win hey, situation. I'm going to tell y'all like this, man. Over here, we don't do family, friends, discounts, none of that. Somebody got something going on, we support, we buy full price. As far as ambassador, I'll go on Instagram right now and promote garlic sauce like, like it's the greatest <laughs> thing since sliced bread over here. Damn it, that John Fun, what is this garlic sauce you promote? Just this just that farmer city over here. You ever had garlic wings? Put some of this on there. You ever had garlic fries? Me neither, but I'm about to try it for the first time. I'm trying to tell you. Hey, look. Farmer City, you better use some. Definitely. 
all the products coming soon. The best garlic sauce you ever had. Hey, we out here, man. He out here. Yeah, he got garlic sauce coming hitting, hitting every store available. Definitely, man. Y'all better watch out. You know, you catch yourself some garlic sauce, make sure you take a picture with it, you know, put it on social media. <laughs> exactly. But put it on we... Twitter. Put it on Twitter. He on Twitter all the time. But what about I was about to say, but what about the people who don't even eat garlic? They just do it. Shout out to y'all. Cause some people don't even eat garlic. They'll just be like, oh, I'm gonna just do it. Don't choke on the food. You don't have to eat it if you don't eat it. You know, I want you alive. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> safety is safety is a big a big a must on this show, and safety for certain, and for certain people, they clearly didn't they didn't clearly care about safety. But we're going to talk about that though. I'm gonna let my man Aaron discuss that one. You know he. He 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 a little bit more nicer than I am. So I'm gonna let Aaron go on this one here. Safety first. First things first. We're gonna talk about the Travis Scott situation. We're gonna get that out of the way, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a week officially. A week since the Travis Scott incident. Astro World, they say eight people passed away. Rest in peace to the eight people. Some people say it was more, and the whole situation was the whole situation was just crazy from the jump, from the get go. Because the very first moment they opened the doors, people were running, stamping all over each other, you know, not even picking each other up, no human decency. And they said it was a, um, they said like you had to have like the pass like the the shop pass right to get in and the security wasn't even checking it so you wouldn't even have the shot they like yeah just let me see your arm okay go in so that night there was 50,000 people there to watch Travis Scott to watch Scissor I think Drake was there too a lot of other artists but it's just so much into the situation that we're going to dive into, but I, I want to know your standpoint. What have you heard so far about, you know, this unfortunate event? I mean, I heard like everybody else heard pretty much. I just heard that um, the the show was bad from the jump. You know, like they were saying, people people was already screaming before the show even got started. They were saying people was screaming, talking about some yo help, help help this person die like before the show even got started. So it was bad from the jump. And I don't care how much, I don't care how much Travis apologizes. You know, it like they say, you like they like you forgive, but let's be real for a second, Travis. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't think you really mean, I don't think you really there's apology. I don't really think it's sincere. I think you only apologize because your PR team is telling you to apologize. I don't really think you, I don't really think you, I don't really, really think you're sorry about what happened. I honestly just think your PR team just told you go out there, apologize, or just make some statement that way you don't look like an asshole or you don't look like you just did not care about the facts. That's what I personally believe. 
Because if you knew people was dying in your show, the show wouldn't even, I, like, I'm not, I'm not a rapper or none of that. But if we were taping a live, a live podcast in front of, or we, you know, we 50,000 might be a little bit too crazy, but let's say we in front of, Let's let's say we in front of fifteen thousand. We gonna say fifteen thousand. We we ain't no Michael Jordan. We ain't no celebrity. No super celebrities <laughs> out here. Let's say we just taped it in front of fifteen thousand people, and people are dying while we're on the air. The show will get stopped. The show will stop right then and there. We're not gonna just keep going. Like me and Ernie is not gonna keep going. On the mic, just yeah. So anyway. Like, like I said, though, and like while people are over here dying, you kept the show going as if like, and they paid. So it's all right. No. And then you try to come on. Then you try to you try to come on and apologize, trying to make yourself fake sincere that like, man, I'm going to pay for the family's funerals and stuff like that. Again, that's all the PR stuff. You trying to you trying to save face because what you did was wrong. What you did was wrong, and in so many ways, shape, or form, you should have stopped. That show should have got canceled right then and there. The moment you heard one person die, one body drop, you should have canceled the whole show. Straight like that. I'm I'm just you know looking at the situation like I was. It made me uncomfortable just hearing about it because you go to a concert to have fun. You go to a concert to enjoy yourself. You don't go to a concert to not be able to breathe. You don't go to a concert to be stuck on the floor while people are stepping over you. And they said the way the venue was set up, people were bunched in like sardines where you can't, you know, you can't even jump up. You can't jump around. You can't get hyped because you're squeezed in with somebody else. And the fact that there's videos going around where people are talking about, actually not talking about, you can actually see in the video, you have concert goers who are jumping up on a platform with the videographers yelling, asking for help. Hey, someone's dying and they're shooing them off. Two guys ran up on the stage with Travis Scott and they got kicked out of the venue. People are literally climbing things and objects trying to wait for attention. And it's just it's just something that's been disregarded because you even hear in one video that was uploaded where Travis Scott saying where they were chanting, stop the show. They were chanting, stop the show because we need to tend to the fellow concert goers. And Travis Scott said, who says stop the show? You know what you came for. And then went on to play another song. That's reckless. And then Travis Scott, after the situation, had the audacity to make this black and white video, rubbing his face like he's trying to take off a work for the next day. Talk about some, I'm sorry, I'm this and that. No, your PR, I, I'm no, nothing against Travis Scott, but the language that was used. It's obviously PR because I don't think Travis Scott is smart enough to write that or eloquent enough. But 
that's neither here nor there. It's just the fact that people's lives were in danger and you did not care. So who's going to go to a Travis Scott concert after this? Shockingly, some might still do it. Now, I'm going to take a page out of the young people book. I know we always talk about cancel culture. And, all, and y'all always talking about like black, like this is this is a perfect cancel moment. This ain't one of them cancel moments where like y'all feel like like y'all try to do Dave Chappelle because he said something. No, this is a literally, yo, Travis, you're done. Like, y'all need to treat that man, y'all need to treat that man like y'all semi-treating R. Kelly at this point. Like, Travis, you're done. Because you 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 pretty much disregarded safety. You basically said, I don't give a damn that these people died. And rest in peace to these people who passed away trying to go to, like, they going to see one of their favorite artists. They wanted to see one of their favorite artists. They didn't, they didn't expect to go like that. And then the fact that people are hopping on stage and telling you, help, help. They're hopping on stage. I know fans hop on stage all the time because they get excited, you know, get be next to their, their favorite artists. I get all that. But when somebody hop on stage and tell you, help, somebody's dying, and you take security and pretty much disregard it, that just already shows that you did not care at all. And to the PR team who tried to smooth it over by saying, yo, Travis, you need to apologize. Honestly, not going to lie to you, Travis, it's kind of too late. The damage is already done. I don't think you can fix Like I don't, between you and your PR team, I don't think you can fix it at this point. I don't. I don't think you can fix it. You know, because what what can what do you what can you fix? People pe- people lost their lives at your show. Yeah. Now, now had you had now had you had when when somebody hopped in there and said people were dying and you stopped the show, went to go get the ambulance and stuff like that, yo, people will be people will this this whole story will flip. It'll be it was like, man, Travis Scott, concert guy out of hand, but ambulance was on the scenes and paramedics was on the scenes. It'd be a different story. But the fact that you basically just disregarded everybody's life, you just, you're like, oh, well, y'all paid. So, you know, y'all know what y'all signed up for. Y'all knew what y'all was getting. Like, nah, you don't say stuff like that, boss. You sound inconsiderate. I agree. Uh, I, I I would say this, which is interesting. The best apology Travis Scott could have given was stopping the show. Facts. The best apology would be to tend to your uh, people who support you. And the ambulance was in the audience and had to flash lights. And he's like, what's that? What do you think it is? In the audience, you had to have actual like medical personnel, which was understaffed. You had to have a uh, concert security, which was understaffed. 
you had to have so many uh, personnel who had to be called in. So there were like a team of 100 people here, 50 people here, uh, 100 people here in control of 50,000 young teenagers. The youngest was 14. Young teenagers, young adults just going crazy. And Travis has a history of that, you know, has a history of causing uh, riots and violence and, you know, was charged for it. So he's like, everybody make noise and beat each other up, punch each other in the face. He's going to, you know, incite that same thing in this situation. This was not the best time to do so because you have people dying. You have people couldn't breathe. You have people hyperventilating, you know, from, um, I forgot what it's called, claustrophobia, right? Mm. When you're in close spaces, you have people claustrophobia and they showed a video of like other people like Logic and uh, some other bands basically giving protocol to saying, hey, we're not playing this at this concert. Everybody take care of each other. And that's something that Travis Scott could have took out of every other's book. But the last thing I would say about this is I find it interesting how everybody always says that these jobs, these bosses don't take care of you. These bosses and these jobs don't care about you. A lot of these artists also don't care about you. You're just another person to buy their CD, another person to buy their single. They could care less about you, you know? That's that's it at the end of the day. So before you go on one rant, you have to look on the other side. There are people who care about you, but if you really want to see who cares about their artists, look how they treat them when they had a concert. That's facts. I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad you brought that analogy up of jobs not caring about you, just like some of the artists don't care about you, because it's true. It's very true. A lot of these artists. That y'all support heavy, I go hard for. They don't give a damn about you. They taking your money. That's what really. That's what they care about the most. Not all artists, but majority of them. You got some of them artists that can go through. They can go through a neighborhood, say what's up to people, like everything's cool because they still show love. But you got cats clearly like Travis Scott, who all he he's all about the fame. So. I don't know, man. And you got, then of course you got your, you got your, your wife beside you, your girlfriend beside you, on Kylie Jenner. Whoop de doo, <laughs> whoop de doo. But you know, at the end of the day, with this Travis, this Travis Scott situation, Travis, you lost a lot of people with respect. You lost my respect. Honestly, bro, I can't even lie to you, man. At this point, you might as well just, you might as well start making music at this point. You, like, you might as well just go, like, this, this, this might as well be your last, your last stomping ground, bro, because it's, it's no way you can come, it's no way you can come back from that, like, yeah, you got people like the baby messing up by homophobic slurs and rolling loud and stuff like that. You know, you can get over stuff like that 
PR, you know, PR going to do a little bit of damage control. He can get over stuff like that. Because, no, like, no one was hurt. No, people was offended, but no one was hurt. But your show, complete opposite. People got hurt. What's worse, people died. I can see if, like, I can see if your show, you had about eight people injured, you know, stuff like that. They're okay. It's, it's gonna it's gonna be bad, but it ain't gonna be the fact that you knew people was dying and you just was like, it is what it is. So you lost you lost a lot of respect across the board, Travis. Definitely. And I would say uh when it came to Woodstock 99, three people died at Woodstock 99. They never had another show again. Eight. What the news claims is eight people died. Travis Scott might take a break and perform again. And I would just add to the fact that a lot of his fans, like you said, uh, losing respect, a lot of fans end up deleting his music from their catalog, deleting music from their uh, Spotify playlist and other playlists. And rightfully so, you know, you really think about how you was listening to this person, supporting them since the beginning, right? And all through the years, you bought their music, you support them, bought their merch. And then you get to this point in life where you were like, wow, you know, if that was me, right? And my favorite artist was just staring at me while I was dying and then turned around and said, turn the music back on and keep playing, I'd be devastated. Nice. That's that's not a way to go out, you know, listen to your artist's music. Your favorite artist just staring at you being like, dang, that's crazy. All right, new song. But one thing about that, for everybody who deleted his music, hey, kudos to you. Kudos to you standing your ground. Nice. But we're going to go into this another topic because we had one person doing damage control. We have another person doing damage control. And this person doing damage control just so happens to be running our country. So we got Mr. Biden. I don't know at the begin, but I'll start here. You know, we had um, our, our interesting situations when it comes to um, how he just talks to people and how he talks into the news and the incoherentness that he has. But hey, he's run the country, you know. Recently, I believe it was yesterday, this man went on the news and he said that one player in the Negro League, I'm trying to think of his name, Satchel Page. what do he call him? He said, you know, that was one of the best Negroes. I don't know whether he thinks he's in the 60s, but, you know, we don't use that word. And people are actually coming to his defense. They're like, oh, but Satchel was in the Negro Leagues. It's like, yeah, but you don't call the person a Negro. <laughs> That's the difference. So I, I, I want to hear, you know, your opinion about this, you know. Oh, Sleepy Joe, you done pissed off old Farmer Dunn yet again. Now I got to be on your ass. First and foremost, 
Negro. Now I get it. Black people, we got our own history. We got our own thing. And the Negro League, now for most sports, now again, if you're not a sports fan, understandable. If you're a big baseball fan, you know what the Negro League is. I may not follow baseball, but I know what the Negro League is. You know, that's where one, of course, black before Jackie Robinson, black people wasn't allowed to play in the majors. So where did they go? To the Negro League. But enough about enough, enough of the history of us. Hey, Joe, now it's my turn to be on your ass. I understand in this day and age, words are so you gotta choose, pick and choose words. Me, I don't like to pick and choose words. I like to, I like you just speak what's on your mind. I like you to say what's straight. Cause I understand they be like, don't say black, say African American. You don't say Negro, say African American. Like, no, you said the word greatest Negro. Okay, I understand that. That's how you really feel. Cause you could have been like, he's one of the greatest black players. He's one of the greatest black play, black baseball players. Would have been cool with that. But since you was like, he's the greatest Negro. Greatest Negro. Now, when you look at baseball as a whole, that's like saying Babe Ruth. That's like we'd be like, yo, Babe Ruth, one of the greatest honkies of all time. You know how offensive that sounds? He's he the greatest cracker of all time. That's offensive as hell. So for you, Joe, to be like, Satchel Page is one of the greatest Negro, one of the greatest Negroes. Think you know how offensive that sounds? Like, Joe, I get it. You came up under Obama. We only really tolerated you because you was with Obama. Now that you stepped out and you, you, this is your show now, you starting to show your true colors. You know, I don't know. Again, Joe, you are the president of the United States. People write your speeches for you. You have PR everywhere just so you don't mess up in life. Just so you don't mess up. Because if you mess up being the top dog, it's over. People don't, people not going to let go. Like, oh, the president, the president called him a Negro. Oh, my God. People hold on to these things. So if that's if that's how you feel, Joe, Negro, you could have called that man black. You could have said African American. I don't know. I guess I guess you feel like you got the souls ever since you was running against Agent Orange, as I called him. Because I I remember you came out your mouth was like, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. First of all, we don't like you like that. Number one. So for you, for you to say he was the greatest Negro, we ain't cool like that for you to be just dropping the N-word. You ain't say the other N-word, but Negro is close enough. Earn the floor of yours. You know, I just think about teetering that line, you know, when it comes to the terminology, you know. Like you said, African-American, Black, you know. Uh, a prolific player who used to play in the Negro Leagues Okay, we know he was a great player and he used to play in the Negro Leagues, but, you know, just walking that tightrope to try to figure out what you could get away with, 
and just mm-hmm. try to see how far you can go and testing the waters. And eventually he was he just going to drop the real N-word. <laughs> he he just going to come out and say it one day. I feel like one of these days, before the end of the pregnancy, he's just going to come out and say it, and people are going to turn around and say, yeah, but Trump. But here's my thing about that. We're talking about Joe Biden. Joe Biden's the president. When Trump was the president, Trump was the president. When Obama was the president, Obama was the president. Bush was President Bush, where I'm going with this. So now that Biden's the president, we're talking about Joe Biden. We're not using another president as a scapegoat to eliminate the wrongdoing of the current president. Because if the president, Joe Biden, came up to either one of us and just used the N-word, that would not fly. Say, hey, how you doing? You know, you look, we, you dressed up. You look like a sharp Negro. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> One of the sharpest Negroes I've ever seen. Uh, no, Joe. Yeah, I, I think you need to, I think, I think, where's your secret service? You need to, man. I don't know. When it comes to politics, I get it that politics is mostly a white people's thing. Yes, I said it. You can hate old phone people saying it, but I'm be real. Outside of Obama, politics is a white people's thing. Now, all these presidents that we had, first of all, I don't do politics anyway. Democrats, Republicans, I don't do politics because they all the same. Donald Trump was Donald Trump made racism. He he made being racist cool. Joe Joe, you about this close to pretty much you about this close to pretty much be like we might as well be like Joe, you're a racist. We you, at this point, Joe, you about this you about this thin nice to be like Joe, you're a racist. Nah, he he like this like he got a I history. Say, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you about this close to be like, yo, Joe, you are a racist. Bush was a racist. Okay. George W. Bush, he basically came out and said he racist without even saying he was actually racist. Like it goes on and on. It's on and on. Racist. So Joe, for you, and like you said, just say like, you a sharp that's a sharp Negro. What? What? He's the greatest, he's the greatest Negro. He played a Negro League. Greatest Negro. What? Greatest Negro? Joe, greatest Negro. Come on, boss. Come on, boss. But see, the crazy part about it, I get that you the president, what makes it worse. But Joe, you I remember you're also white. And see, white people, white people get the white people get the don't do that. Don't do that. It's African American. They like to slap them on the wrist. But when black people say certain things, now we offended everybody. We offend everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, we let, let us let us call let us call let us call white people something offensive. They be on our they be ready to be on your necks. But white people white people call black somebody black offensive, and then it's just a don't do that. All right, don't do that. Go on TV and apologize. You know I me, mean? white. You know I me, mean? white people get caught saying the N word. 
And what they do, they go on TV and do some little BS PR apology. I'm not racist. I will never think like that. I stop it. And before I kick back to Aaron, white people, please, 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 I'm a I'm a hippie to some game because y'all seem to not understand the message. White people, because you have black friends, that do not justify anything. I'd be sick and tired, be like, but I have black friends. Okay, Joe, you have a black vice president. She don't even want to be black her damn self, but she black. But that do not justify that you get to walk around using terms like Negro. I don't care what you and Kamala Kamuda, I don't know what her damn name is. I don't care what y'all discuss <laughs> behind closed doors. But in public, mm-mm. and with her being with her being your vice president, she supposed to automatically had came on and be like, Joe, bad choice of words. She both been straight up bad choice of words. Mm-mm. Negro. Negro. Like, because she's so, because she want to be white so bad, we don't really look at her. At this point, I don't even look at her as black. She, she, she ain't even Oreo. I don't know what the hell she is. She just over there. But, Joe, if you... If you see if you see black people as Negroes, just say that. Earn the floor is yours. <laughs> I just think it's so interesting how uh, you know Kamala Harris. Uh, they paraded her as Asian, you know, because she's Indian and black. Most of her political career, she was the first Asian. This and that. Her father being Jamaican. When it came to vice presidency, they leaned into the black uh, side of that. So that was interesting. What's also funny that's semi-related is how people pronounce her name, uh, Kamala. The funniest thing I've heard someone call her was Kombucha Harris. (laughs) 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 So every time someone says her name, I just think of that time with someone called her Kombucha Harris. <laughs> but no, man, Joe Biden, I, I think, you know, I, I think after this presidency, you should go ahead and retire. You know, your wife, Jill, got to, you know, baby, basically change your diaper. And that's not trying to be funny. That actually happens, you know, for all the people who knows when you went over uh, recently, to Italy to visit the Pope, know about that situation. And it's just time to, you know, it's time to hang it up, you know, spend time with the kids, you know, with dogs and, you know, let someone else run the country. But I would just close with this and say, you know, for people who vote and think that's going to change and you look at the past presence and, Things have progressively gotten worse. I would tell you this, you know, uh, they say insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. But delusion is doing the same thing every four years, expecting change. Mm-hmm. I just leave it at that. Well, I, I know one thing, though, as far as this show is concerned, 
It's a great ass Negro show, boy. I tell you. <laughs> hey, we do fine for a couple of Negroes. <laughs> we some cool ass Negroes in this. <laughs> oh man. We like to thank we like to thank everybody that continue to watch these Negroes come on the air <laughs> Friday. Hey, man. Friday with Negroes. I'm trying to tell you. The basement Negroes. The basement Negroes. (laughs) Man, those are some funny Negroes. (laughs) You heard what you? You heard what I said? That's a funny Negro right there, boy. It's so crazy because no disrespect. First of all, no one even says Negro anymore. No one even says Negro unless you just like unless you just Negro please something like that. But you you throw around Negro like bro like this is still the damn forties. Like we back like we back during like we back during the forties. Like I don't like those Negroes over there. <laughs> like you want them white people that just like I don't like them Negroes over there. Yeah, they don't say it no more. They say the blacks. They ain't even saying the blacks. They calling us the N word. Straight up. They called us the N-word like it ain't nothing. And they just going about their day. You be like, hmm. Now, I seen, um, and again, I don't, I don't get, I ain't get too much. I didn't read too much into it. I seen they was doing the trial of, uh, what's his name, Rittinghouse. That's yeah. the white. The white boy that that was in uh, Kanishiwa with the gun shooting up, trying to shoot, trying so called be a hero. That nigga ain't no hero. Oh, by the way, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. Let me talk to y'all right quick. Uh, uh-uh. brother Aaron, and I don't mean brother Aaron on the show. I mean Aaron Rodgers. Let me talk to you, bro. <laughs> I'm about to say, where my jersey at? <laughs> to Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to just say like this. If you did not get vaccinated, just say that, bro. <laughs> like, I get that. First of all, first of all, Aaron Rodgers is a cool dude. I, Aaron Rodgers is one of them dudes that, like, you could just tell that he's just like, look, I don't give a damn. All right? Like he all like he already had beef with the Packers. He's still playing. He's still putting up solid numbers. He but he had beef with him. He because he wanted to leave. Now he tested positive for COVID, and it's uncertain that he got vaccinated. Now he's trying to kind of spin it like, no, I got vaccinated. <laughs> I got. I'm like, Aaron, if you didn't get vaccinated, just say that. <laughs> just, just say that, yo. You, just say, just say you didn't get vaccinated, bro. All right, just say that. And for my man OBJ, Odell, Odell, Odell. <laughs> Are you overrated? Yes. You know the Giants let you go because you you had a lot of off the field issues, so they sent you to one of the worst. You they sent you to one of the worst cities of all time. Now I won't say worst city. I won't say worst cities. 
they send you to the team where you just be like, bro, do I really got to be here, bro? They send you to the Cleveland Browns. I can tell I don't, I'm not a professional athlete. Nobody wants to play for the Cleveland Browns. Hey, man. And now you, now you, now you went to LA to play with the Rams. Odell, please act like you got some goddamn sense in LA. That's all I'm going to say. I call you got some goddamn sense. All right. So I'm related, semi-related. So one of my clients earlier just told me that Cam Newton signed back to the Panthers. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. You know, so for all you Panther fans, all you Carolinas, for all you people who hate <laughs> New England, here's your chance. <laughs> well, hey. All I'm saying is before we wrap this show up, Sam Darnold ain't get the job done, so they brought that Negro Cam Newton back in. <laughs> Man, what's up with that Negro's hair? We need a Negro to run. We need a Negro to, to lead all offense. Hey, man, if anybody could throw a football, if anybody could run, could catch a ball, could get a touchdown, it's one of these Negroes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and it's so crazy. We get up out of here because that's how half of the NFL owners think anyway. That's exactly what they say behind closed doors. Them Negroes making us a lot of money. <laughs> Same thing for the NBA Negro Basketball Association, Negro Football yeah. League. <laughs> it's your boy, Aaron Fonese. And the only end we ain't taking over is an NHL and hockey. It's <laughs> over. <laughs> and we are out of here. Peace. <laughs>